0: Welcome in to the Solo Shot Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Mana. We have a packed show this week. Baseball season is coming down to the wire. We've had an amazing summer full of playoff races, possible records and playoff droughts being broken. We've seen Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, just continue to pile on the battery record. Justin Verlander has came back from injury and had one of his best seasons of his career, arguably his best, on his way to possibly his third Cy Young. Max Scherzer gets his 200th victory. Miguel Cabrera got his 3,000th hit. Giancarlo Stanton, 350th home run. Mike Trout, 7 home runs in 7 straight games. Shohei Otani Taking what many talked about as possibly the greatest season of all time and getting better as a pitcher this season. But when you turn the baseball history book to the page 2022, the name that's going to be on top of the list is Aaron Judge. The man was on pace to break Roger Maris since April, and he has hit 60 faster than Babe Ruth did in 1927. He's doing it clean. He hasn't been suspended or suspected of steroids. And this is a man that you look at him, he should be playing power forward in the NBA or tight end in the NFL. And he's out there doing the unthinkable. And he is crushing Major League pitching, not just for home runs, but that 60th home run put him in first place for the American League in batting average, and now he has the lead in all three Triple Crown categories. And whether or not he gets this American League Triple Crown on top of beating Roger Maris's record, with what he's done in the most competitive division in baseball, to keep his team afloat and in first place with a comfortable lead the entire season, despite Toronto having a good team, Tampa Bay's always good, Orioles much improved, the Red Sox have been bad but have been able to play decent against the Yankees, it's the best division arguably in baseball. And it's really fun that Aaron Judge has done this in a contract year for the money he knew he was worth more and I hope that the money he's earned it's paid to go somewhere in the National League. The San Francisco Giants have been needing a slugger like him since Barry Bonds left. The New York Mets would love to play takeaway here and keep New York's biggest star in New York, but for the other team. And he's just had an unbelievable season. If he wins the Triple Crown, it will go down as a top five season in the history of baseball. And we are lucky enough to witness it. I don't know when he's going to hit 62, but it's no longer an if, it's a when. And that is a crazy thing. Roger Maris hit 61 home runs to beat Babe Ruth in 1961. And with Aaron Judge breaking it this season, the record will have stood for 61 years. How can you not be romantic about baseball? And the teams outside of the American League East that will be on the Yankees' radar are Cleveland and Houston. Now, Cleveland... I talked about them getting on a little bit of a roll and inching past Minnesota and the White Sox. They have now put themselves in the driver's seat and put their foot on the American League Central's necks. They took two out of three from Minnesota, and then they only walked one batter in a three-game sweep of the Chicago White Sox. They might not be the most talented team on paper. But Emmanuel Classe is the best reliever in baseball right now. I'd put my money on him over anybody. Shane Bieber and the rotation has been really solid for this team. And the lineup is the most underrated in all of baseball. Jose Ramirez has been Mr. Underrated his whole career. But Andres Jimenez has had a true breakout season. They've been getting production from everybody throughout the season. And that team is going to be fun to watch in October. But the real class of the American League, the team that I've had going to the World Series this whole time, it's one win away from 100 wins. Dusty Baker got his 2,000th win this season. I talked about Justin Verlander coming off the Tommy John, has an ERA under 2, looking to win his third Cy Young to put him in elite company. But the player I want to talk about with the Astros is Frambert Valdez. For those of you that don't know, Frambert Valdez is just a left-handed quality inning machine. He broke the record this week for most quality starts straight in a season with 25. With the way pitchers are used and get hit in today's game, you're lucky for pitchers to stay healthy, let alone to give you quality start after quality start. And it's a big part of the reason that this Astros team is going to have over 100 wins. With that lineup, all you need is a guy that will get through the innings and keep you in the game. And the fact that he's your number two behind the American League favorite for the Cy Young, with the other guys they have in that stacked rotation, the Astros are the team to beat in the American League. Aaron Judge can will the boys over them, possibly perhaps. Cleveland or one of these wildcard teams could maybe make an upset. But Houston's in the driver's seat in the American League, people. And a lot of people will credit their lineup with Jordan Alvarez, hit three home runs in a game. He's having a career year batting. They'll credit Justin Verlander going on to maybe get his third Cy Young award and push for the ERA title of Gibson. And some will give it to Dusty Baker, just how great of a coach he is. But Ram Bear, Valdez, and the rest of that rotation need some love, people. They are a complete team. And the moves that they made to get Christian Vasquez, to get Trey Mancini, those are those tiny veteran moves to improve a lineup in a clubhouse's culture that really put you over the top for me, man. And Houston's going to be a problem for the rest of the American League. And I know I had the Dodgers getting their revenge against Houston in the World Series, but... I am starting to lean towards Houston having a real shot here to take it all home in October. The National League side, Dodgers are the first team in baseball to 100 wins. They're already at like 104. Freddie Freeman is in there with the most hits and pushing for a batting title. Mookie Betts has the most home runs he's ever had in a season. Trey Turner in a contract year has been absolutely fantastic for them. Will Smith was the biggest all star snub in the National League. And despite a Walker Bueller injury, they have too many pitchers still. Craig Kimbrell is a borderline Hall of Fame closer. And he hasn't been the guy all season. They've been going back and forth with his inconsistencies because they just have that many quality arms. Bruce Dar, Gratural. They've re signed Daniel Hudson for next season, even though. His season ended early with Tommy John. They think he's going to come back and be a real good value for them at 6th change. And they just keep getting richer. This team is absolutely stacked. They were the favorite coming into the season. They're going to be the favorite throughout the season. But there's a few teams that are real scary. Max Scherzer got his 200th win In his first game back from the IL, he threw six perfect innings. Him and Jacob deGrom with that Mets team that's projected to go over 100 wins. Really fun team. They're getting contributions from everybody in the lineup. Lindor and Alonzo have the most RBIs by teammates in baseball this year. Escobar has been hitting. Nimmo has been hitting. McNeil has been hitting. It's been really fun to watch this Mets squad all season long and having those two guys at the top of the rotation. DeGrom and Scherzer, two of the best pitchers of the past five years. Healthy, going into October. Mets fans, you clinch the playoffs and you're going to be one of the top teams to watch in October. October. But mark your calendars. Because the Mets and the Braves still have one series left to play. The Braves are one and a half games out of first place. They're both fighting for that second bye. And I'm telling you, the Braves are no joke either. Their pitching staff isn't as scary as the New York Mets. But their lineup, they're going to get Acuna back in time for that series against the Mets. Matt Olson. Michael Harris, Austin Riley, their catchers, everybody has been contributing to this Braves team all season long and they're going to be really fun to watch. That Braves Mets series at the end of the regular season is going to be must-watch baseball. I hope you are all as excited and ready for it. Phillies and Mariners are going to break those playoff droughts. They're in great position to do so. Milwaukee is right in there fighting with the Padres and the Phillies for that last wild card spot. October baseball cannot come soon enough. Got a nice crisp fall weather coming into us and I'm here for it. I really am. This is the best time of year when the baseball games really matter and football season really starts getting going. And speaking of football season... Week two, I went 10-6 and with my picks. I felt pretty good about most of them going in. But like I said, week one, there's going to be a lot of overreaction. It's just the simple thing. That's the only stuff we have to go off of. Week two is when trends start forming, both positive and negative. And you can really see what teams are really made of going forward. So where I was wrong, I picked the Browns against the Jets, and my pick was looking very good. Nick Chubb gave them a late touchdown that gave them over a 90% chance of winning that game. But the Jets just played with zero fear in that game. Robert Sala and Joe Flacco, balls to the wall, onside kick, fake punt, Scoring with Garrett Wilson, he had his first two NFL touchdowns in this game. Brees Hall scored his first NFL touchdown. The future of this Jets offense is bright, and I'm really excited for when Zach Wilson gets back, as bad as he looked last year. Because if Joe Flacco can make this kind of comeback with these offensive weapons, if Zach Wilson is half the arm talent that he was advertised to be, the Jets could be contenders as soon as 2023, people really cool. Comebacks like that don't happen very often. The Browns were in position late to win that game. Any given Sunday, people, you have to play all 60 minutes. I picked the Saints over the Buccaneers because of the Saints' problems with pass catchers. Marshawn Lattimore was in Mike Evans' head again. He had an okay day receiving, but his day ended early when he completely Took out Marshawn Lattimore for talking to Brady. He's been suspended for the next game. And the Buccaneers receiving core gets even worse. Chris Godwin was out in week two. He's out in week three again. Julio Jones didn't play in week two. He's questionable for week three. They signed Cole Beasley off the scrap heap. Rashad Perriman caught the touchdown in this game from Brady. That really made the difference. And The Jameis Winston Saints are going to be a circus this year. Their roster is really good. I just don't think Jameis' consistency will be there. Everyone's raving about Chris Olave's 360 air yards in this game. And I did say that Chris Olave could be Jameis' Winston's version of Chris Godwin in this offense. But if the throws are just nowhere close to him, which half of those throws were, can you really count it as, yeah, he could have had 300 plus yards in this game? I'm not really buying that. I think Chris Olave is a good buy. I think he will get better as the season goes on. But Jameis Winston will limit this offense's upside. Hopefully when they get Alvin Kamara back, their offense will be able to keep some more possessions alive and do what needs to be done in this game. Jamel Dean was the real hero for the Bucks with two interceptions, one that iced the game. Another one where I was wrong, and this is a big lesson learned. Lions Commanders, I told you that this was going to be one of the most exciting games on the 1 o'clock slate. I was right on the money, 36-27. Amon Ross St. Brown has arrived, people. He has tied the record for eight straight games with eight-plus receptions to start a career. He had his longest reception of his career in this game. He also had a 58-yard rushing attempt in this game, two touchdowns. He is a true wide receiver one, people. I'm not worried about when Jamison Williams comes back. I think he'll be the perfect complement to Amon Ross St. Brown, who works the best underneath but can get deep on a defense as well. When you don't know who to pick in these close, shootout-like matchups, just pick the home team. That's simple. I should have picked the Lions. Carson Wentz looked good, but just couldn't keep up with Jared Goff and company. DeAndre Swift, I said he wasn't healthy going to the game. He was limited on touches, but he made the most of them. He looked healthy. So that was really cool to see. Cardinals Raiders, very similar to Browns Jets. The Raiders were in position to win that game. And on multiple opportunities, they kind of just fumbled the bag all the way till when Hunter Renfro fumbled two straight receptions in a row in overtime. Byron Murphy returned the fumble for the win. Kyler Murray is an unbelievable talent. And when he gets Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins back and A.J. Green and Greg Dorch aren't starting, this offense is going to be really fun. But that Cardinals defense is just not good. J.J. Watt was a big presence in this game and having him back will help. But the Raiders had every opportunity to win that game and just chose not to. Another one, Cooper Rush, I underestimated. Underestimated. He looked really competent, just like he did against Minnesota last year. And I really shouldn't have doubted him this much. The Bengals just seem to be having a Super Bowl hangover. And while they will need to bounce back soon, they did everything they needed at the end of that game to drive down the field and get in the end zone to tie the game problem is they left too much time on the clock and Cooper Rush was very competent and was able to drive the ball down and get them into field goal range for the win so don't underestimate every backup quarterback it's not a gimme and much like the Lions commanders game Eagles Vikings I should have went with the home team Eagles here and the reason that I was wrong is because as much as I love Jalen Hurts, I wasn't expecting him to ascend this early. The parallels to Josh Allen getting Stefan Diggs are eerie. A.J. Brown has really helped unlock Jalen Hurts. He completed 84% of his passes in that game and was the third quarterback in Monday Night Football history to throw for 300 and run for 50. He is a true MVP candidate, and in a game that I was expecting to be a shootout, the Vikings didn't show up. Primetime Kirk Cousins was back again. I should have picked the home team, Eagles. Week three started with a kind of mad game that people weren't excited about. Browns, Steelers. I picked the Browns in this one, kind of going off what I learned last week to pick the home team in games that you think are going to be close. And the Browns covered for me. George Pickens had one of the best catches of the year. Dynasty Twitter was freaking out because the George Pickens hype this preseason was immense. George Pickens, before he tore his ACL, was considered the number one rookie in the 2022 draft class. And Mitch Trubisky just hasn't been pushing the ball downfield to him finally did in this game and he made a ridiculous highlight reel catch that no matter how his career pans out will be remembered by people forever and it single-handedly pun intended made this game exciting Twitter was blowing up after that and more people I think started tuning into the game and the game was pretty close till the end but Jacoby Brissett and that Cleveland Browns rushing game really had control the whole time He was finding Amari Cooper and David Njoku the whole game. Njoku had a career-high nine catches. Amari Cooper, after looking dead in week one, has back-to-back games with 100 yards and a touchdown. He went from a desperation flex for me this week into wide receiver two territory now, where I feel comfortable starting him now that I've seen him and Brissette grow the chemistry for a couple weeks. This Browns offense... Nick Chubb is an RB1. Kareem Hunt is a valuable handcuff that will get some work. On the Steelers' side of the ball, Najee Harris is getting spelled by Jalen Warren, who looked really explosive in this game. But I expect Najee Harris to be fine. He's still the one getting the goal line work. He absolutely ran through like four people for his touchdown in this game. And even if Jalen Warren steals some carries between the 20s, steals a drive here or there, Najee Harris should be fine. He just probably won't Return on the ADP we're drafting him at this year For the Steelers pass catchers outside of Pickens Deontay Johnson had an ugly drop Pat Fryermuth wasn't targeted until the second half But he ended up making a couple big grabs He'll be fine, he's an every week start at tight end And I'm telling you, as much as I hate to say it Because of Deshaun Watson and his terrible accusations When Deshaun Watson returns This Browns roster is legit Amari Cooper and David Njoku are buys in dynasty fantasy football because even if they bring in a young number one receiver or sign another receiver, those two guys' value is only going to go up from here, and they're already startable at this point with Jacoby Brissett throwing for 220 yards. So watch out for the Browns going forward. Bills Dolphins is a one o'clock game. Dane Jackson had an ugly injury the corner on Monday Night Football. Micah Hyde's been ruled out. They're going to be without Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver up the middle. This is the fantasy thing that you want. I picked the Dolphins over the Ravens last week. And the Dolphins came back big time and won. Tua proved a lot of the haters wrong, me included. I think he's a good NFL quarterback, which I wasn't sure about until last week's game. Watching the adjustments he made and the throws that he made, he's a good quarterback. And he's being elevated by the speed that Waddle and Tyreek Hill have. Mike McDaniel has been praised as a great offensive mind, and he is scheming them open against a limited Bills defense where Josh Allen will be scoring on the other side. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell are must-starts. Tua, I am very comfortable starting in this matchup. You obviously start Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, who had three touchdowns together on Monday Night Football. And if Gabe Davis is out there, which it's looking like he will be, you play him. Gabe Davis is a very valuable receiver, and this is the kind of shootout that you're going to want players in Your lineups for daily fantasy, stacking players in this game. It's going to have a high over under and it's going to be really fun to watch. Bengals at Jets. If you asked me about this game last week, I would have said the same thing I said about Bengals Cowboys. But the Bengals were going into Jerry World against a, a backup quarterback that had nothing to lose. And what are they doing now? They're going to the Meadowlands against the Jets against a backup quarterback that has nothing to lose. He will throw it as much as he wants to against the Cincinnati defense that has been Ben, don't break. I'm picking the Jets in this game. The Bengals need this win more. But I am picking the New York Jets. And I don't feel good about it one bit. But it's a process play. Joe Flacco is not startable. But Garrett Wilson is probably in your starting lineup every week going forward. You can start Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, or Tyler Conklin if you're desperate in any of those spots. Brees Hall and Michael Carter are startable. And on the Bengals side, you're starting Higgins, Chase, and Mixon. Start Burrow if you have to. But I don't think that, that offensive line is protecting him well. He was getting hurried by Dallas's defensive line. That, out of sight of Micah Parsons, is not that good. So I think the Jets will get home on Burrow in this game, and keep it close enough where Joe Flacco can lead the Jets to a two and one record. So, my first upset of the week: Raiders Titans. A lot of people are gonna pick the Titans at home. Because of how the Raiders fell apart last week. But the Raiders are in a much tougher division. And they need this win more. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Derek Carr needs to learn how to keep his foot on the gas when he gets up early. Targeting Devontae Adams less than Mac Hollins is just unacceptable. So Adams will get heavily targeted in this game. The Titans don't have anyone on defense that scares me. I expect Devontae Adams to do his best Stefan Diggs impression against this Titans defense and the Raiders to get the win at Tennessee. Saints at Panthers. And that ad is important. The Saints disappointed me last week and I am not picking them again. Baker Mayfield will get his first win as the Panthers quarterback. He's played in a couple close games already. I think this Saints team will be in it and Alvin Kamara should be back out there. Start everybody for fantasy purposes here. On the Titans side, I would only start Derrick Henry, but I'd start all your Raiders pass catchers in this game. Saints, you're starting Michael Thomas. You're starting Alvin Kamara. You're starting Olave or Landry if you have to. On the Panthers side, you start McCaffrey and DJ Moore. That's it. I think that the Panthers at home will get a much-needed win against the Saints kind of another upset there Ravens at Patriots Foxborough is a tough place to play but after how the Ravens lost last week I don't expect them to lose against the Patriots in this game Patriots were able to win a close one last week like I predicted against Pittsburgh John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson are just so much harder to defend against than Mike Tomlin and Mitch Trubisky I expect the Ravens to go into Foxborough and get a much-needed win lions at vikings lions at vikings i think kirk cousins bounces back big in this one the lions are a great team it's impossible to not root for what the lions are doing right now and amon ross st brown and deandre swift are must starts you can start a tj hawkinson or a dj chark if you're desperate on the viking side of the ball i expect dalvin cook To have a pretty big bounce back in this one, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen should be fine plays, and I'm cool with starting both of these guys in two quarterback leagues. Goff and Cousins should have a mini shootout there in Minnesota, and Kirk Cousins at 1 o'clock is usually a lot better than Kirk Cousins in prime time. Eagles at Commanders. Jalen Hurts has arrived, and while the commanders are much improved, Carson Wentz has upped their pace of play. They're throwing in all game scripts, and it's really fun for fantasy and for the over-unders in their games. The Eagles are going to outshoot them in this one. They have the much better defense as well. Jalen Hurts, obviously, start him. Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown are locked into your lineup. If you need to start a Devonte Smith, you can. I wouldn't touch their running back still. Uh, it's a really ugly situation behind him. He steals both receptions and rushing attempts away from the running backs. So don't love that on the Commanders' side. I'm cool starting Carson Wentz in this one because whether he's up, down, or close game, they're going to be throwing in Washington. They have a high pace of play. For the wide receivers, in the order of confidence, I would start Curtis Samuel first, Terry McLaurin second, Jahan Dotson third, and Logan Thomas, if you don't have an elite tight end, should be in your lineup. He has been very good. Chiefs at Colts. I think this is going to be the nail in the Colts' coffin. The Chiefs are just too good of a football team. They're going to remain undefeated in this one and beat the Colts in their own stadium. The Colts need this one bad, but what I've seen from Matt Ryan, even with him getting Alec Pierce back... I don't expect them to be able to keep up with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for three-plus touchdowns. If Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk were looking real good against this defense, I'm expecting Patrick Mahomes, Juju, and Kelsey to look real freaking good against this defense. Texans at Bears. The Bears don't have an offense that likes to pass the ball. In two games this season, Justin Fields has attempted 28 passes. Darnell Mooney went from target hog to, can I get a target please? It's been really bad. Cole Komet is droppable in all leagues. Darnell Mooney, if he doesn't get more than four targets in this one, is out for me. But I'm still picking the Bears at home. Houston's tougher than they look they've played indianapolis and denver really tough but i'm just going with the home team (laughs) i don't think the texans on the road are going to do that great against chicago they're not giving justin fields the opportunity to turn the ball over so i expect david montgomery and Khalil herbert to run the rock in this one jonathan taylor and the denver running backs did very well in their matchups And I think they will run their way to a very small victory somewhere in the realm of 19-14. to Jaguars at Chargers. Now, Justin Herbert is questionable with his ribs, but everything is pointing towards him playing. If Keenan Allen's out there, I would play him even though it's his first week back from injury. Unless you're stacked a receiver, Keenan Allen probably needs to be in your lineup. You start Mike Williams, you start Gerald Everett, you start Austin Eckler. On the Jaguar side, James Robinson's probably in your lineup as well. He's been very good. If you have ETN, you're holding him. I think he could break out in this game with a possible negative game script for the first time this season. But we'll have more analysis on this after we see what happens. I just don't think that Jacksonville, as competitive as they've been, will be able to compete with a roster like the Chargers. Christian Kirk is going to have another big game. Zay Jones is another sneaky DFS play. He's been getting targets all year. And Trevor Lawrence in two quarterback leagues, he's going to be throwing in this one. So, like this game for fantasy, I think the Chargers win out. Rams at Cardinals. The Cardinals had an impeccable comeback win, but they played so bad for three and a half quarters that I really just don't see them beating the Rams. The Rams had a... Big bounce back against Atlanta and their team just looked really good all around. Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson are going to eat this secondary alive and the Rams are going to win this one on the road. Real fun one. Sunday four o'clock slate continues with the Packers, Buccaneers. This is at Tampa Bay. No Chris Godwin, no Mike Evans, very likely, no Julio Jones. But I can't bet against Tom Brady two weeks in a row. Tom is 3-1 and against Rodgers in the regular season, 1-0 and against him in the playoffs. And I expect that trend to continue here at home against the Packers' primetime game. Tom will get it done with Cole Beasley, Brashad Perriman, Russell Gage, Kyle Rudolph, Leonard Fournette. He'll get it done. I do think the Packers will make this game must-watch TV. I think Alan Lazard is a great play this week. Robert Tunyon is a flyer at tight end. And both running backs are going to be in play every week for the Packers. But not expecting that game to be one that Tom Brady loses. Falcons at the Seahawks again picking the home team in a game that I think could really go either way I'm picking the Seahawks I think this will be DK Metcalf's breakout game of the year Atlanta has not been able to stop anybody in the secondary despite having one of the best corners from last season AJ Terrell Tyler Lockett is coming off a hundred yard game he'll keep the defense honest for Atlanta and while Atlanta's defense has been more fun than Seattle's this season I think Geno Smith, he just doesn't turn the ball over. Will do enough to win this game. Start DK Metcalf. If you need to, I would start Tyler Lockett. On the Falcons' side of the ball, Drake London has arrived back to back 70 plus yard games. He got in the end zone for the first time. He's looking like a true alpha number one receiver. He's in your lineup. Marcus Mariota in two quarterback league because of the rushing. Kyle Pitts because you have to at tight end, and Cordero Patterson's always in play if you need a running back. Niners, Broncos. The Broncos have looked bad. They were having their fans call out the play clock as it would wind down like it was a high school football game it was embarrassing and it kind of harkens back to what I was saying about week one that the Broncos it's not all Nathaniel Hackett because Nathaniel Hackett definitely hasn't looked good he's running the Packers offense where he's splitting the two running backs and the pace of plays real slow but Russell Wilson calling the plays at the line and getting everyone set has just not been getting it done they were able to squeak out that win because they were playing Houston But Houston doesn't have a roster or a coach like Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. Sunday Night Football, I got the 49ers upsetting the Denver Broncos. On the Denver side, you play Javante, you play Cortland Sutton, and that's it. On the 49ers side, Jeff Wilson's in your lineup. You start Debo. If George Kittle's out there, I'm playing him. And Brandon Ayuk, you could do worse as a flex play. Jimmy Garoppolo in his career has just been a plus he doesn't turn the ball over he wins a lot of games whether it's in new england or in san francisco i expect him to win a big one here and get his three hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for playing the whole game and winning it 49ers upset the broncos at home monday night football cowboys giants two of the biggest fan bases in the nation cooper rush versus daniel jones a battle of goats this is at New York, people. Cooper Rush is undefeated as a starter. The Giants are undefeated on the season. Who's going to break first? When I look at this, both defenses are kind of underrated. I think both defenses in this game are really solid plays because I don't think either quarterback's going to do amazing. But when I look at the Giants' secondary, and then I look at the Cowboys' secondary, I think Cooper Rush is going to be able to exploit the Giants defense more than Daniel Jones will the Cowboys the Giants offensive line is healthier than the Cowboys but Saquon Barkley is just way better of a running back this game is tough and while my process is telling me to pick the Giants to go 3-0 here at home on Monday Night Football I'm going to be going with Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, keeping the Cowboys' hopes alive, winning another game, going to 3-0 and as a starter, beating the Giants in prime time. Michael Gallup might be out there. CeeDee Lamb is a target hog. You play him. Dalton Schultz, he has a knee injury that he picked up. If he plays, he's fine, but I wouldn't mind pivoting to a guy on the waiver wire you start the dallas running backs and you start saquon barkley i don't want a single giants pass catcher in my lineup richie james not rick james has been really solid for them but i do think that the giants winning streak will come to an end on monday night football So going back over my picks, I have Cowboys over Giants, Niners over Broncos, Seahawks over Falcons, Buccaneers over Packers, Rams over Cardinals, Chargers over Jaguars, Bears over Texans, Chiefs over Colts, Eagles over Commanders, Vikings over Lions, Ravens over Patriots, Panthers over Saints, Raiders over Titans, Jets over Bengals, Bills over Dolphins. And I think we have another great weekend of football ahead. I appreciate you guys listening as always. You can follow me on Twitter at DominicMana44. I'll be live tweeting Sunday during all the action, highlighting some of the great plays and touchdowns and storylines across the league. Definitely pay attention to Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols this weekend. They could both do some pretty crazy things historically for baseball. And I think it's something that everybody should watch. Especially if you have kids or young people that haven't really seen this stuff before. It's a big deal. Hope you guys enjoy your solo shot Saturday. Peace.